Today we are uh, going to have a, a more brief kind of overview introduction to our new series. That's our Easter series called Hope Rising. And we're acknowledging in this series as we approach Easter that life isn't always easy. No amen on that one? <laughs> right? Life is difficult. Life in this world is hard. And no matter what anybody wants to tell you, that, that there's no magic bullet. There's no easy way to, to do 10 steps to a happy life. Life, no matter what you do, is difficult. And the challenge is that life, when it gets hard, often leads us to questions that sometimes we hoped we'd never have to ask. Yet, even when life leaves us feeling lost or confused, betrayed, abandoned, unjustly treated, broken-hearted, there is a beacon in the storm. There is a light to lead the way, and there's hope that we can hang on to. Thank you, honey. Psalm 46, verse 1, tells us that God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. The question I'd like to pose for us today, and as we enter into this Easter season and these four Sundays leading up to Easter, is whether or not in the midst of your life's challenges, in, in my life's challenges, will we run into the light or will we run away from it? Will the circumstances of our lives drive us to Jesus for help and for hope, or will they drive us further into our own confusion and darkness in the world? You see, the risk that the Bible tells us is that when life gets difficult, we become tempted to doubt God. See, when we're, we're tempted, thanks, honey, for bringing that water. <laughs> I needed it. We're tempted to what the Bible calls unbelief. And yet in this Easter series that we're calling Hope Rising, I hope that what we have the opportunity to discover is that Jesus is not a distant judge who sits up in heaven by the throne of God criticizing us and waiting to throw lightning bolts down on us whenever we make a mistake. On the contrary, what we're going to see is that the Jesus has become our high priest. Jesus has become the bridge back to God. Jesus is our ever-present help in times of trouble. Hebrews 2 verse 18 says, Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. See, because Jesus willingly suffered betrayal, abandonment, false accusations, unjust, brutal treatment by the people that he loved the most, he knows and understands what the pain and the suffering is like that we go through in our own lives and in our own relationships. Because he gave his life to open the way back to God, he's able to meet us in the midst of our most difficult, painful circumstances through our deepest, darkest moments of life and to help us find our way back to God like no other can. 
as we remember the sacrifice of Jesus for us this Easter, I invite us to recognize that God promises through Christ that he will redeem your suffering. He will overcome your fears. He will heal the brokenness of your life and the brokenness of your relationships. He can bring life out of death. Even in the midst of the darkest places in our lives, we can look to Jesus and see that he is our hope rising. Would you pray with me as we continue to look into God's word this morning? God, we recognize that we are people in need of hope. In the darkness and the lostness of our lives in this world, we need to be reminded that we have a place that we can run to, a refuge and a safe place that that isn't a place of judgment, but is a place of mercy and grace, and that's in the arms of Jesus. Help us again today to see this good news as an invitation to run to you when life gets hard, rather than allowing the difficulties of our lives to further separate us and cause us to run to all the things that we try to fill our lives with, but that always leave us empty and never satisfied. Speak to us this morning through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, I want to kick off this morning by beginning to enter into the story. So we have a larger passage that I want to read. We're going to pick up the story in the Gospel of Mark in chapter 14. If you have your original flat screen Bible, you can read along there. We will have it on the screens. And as always, now we have our sermon notes online through the YouVersion app. And if you want to go to the Faith Covenant Church event on the YouVersion Bible app, you can even take notes on your device there. But we're going to read the larger story. We're picking up the story in kind of the middle, verse 10 of chapter 14, where it tells us, Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to betray Jesus to them. They were delighted to hear this and promised to give him money. So he watched for an opportunity to hand him over. On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, when it was customary to sacrifice the Passover lamb, Jesus' disciples asked him, where do you want us to go and make preparations for you to eat the Passover? So he sent two of his disciples, telling them, go into the city, and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him, say to the owner of the house he enters, the teacher asks, where is my guest room, where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, furnished and ready, Make preparations for us there. The disciples left, went into the city, and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When evening came, Jesus arrived with the twelve. While they were reclining at the table eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. They were saddened, and one by one they said to him, Surely you don't mean me? It is one of the twelve, he replied, one who dips bread into the bowl with me. The Son of Man will go just as is written about him, but woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. While they were eating, Jesus took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take it, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank from it. This is my blood of the covenant which is poured out for many, he said to them. Truly I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. You will all fall away, Jesus told them. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. 
But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Peter declared, even if all fall away, I will not. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, today, yes, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. And all the others said the same. If you think about the story to this point, we remember that Jesus had chosen these 12 men to be his disciples, right? He had called them personally. He had chosen them to follow him. He walked with them, and he worked with them for three years. He shared his heart and his mission with them. He taught them, and he cared for them. He washed their feet as a servant. He loved them, and he called them his friends. And yet, in the end, he was betrayed by the people that he loved the most. One of the ones who shared his table and dipped his bread into the bowl at the very same time at this feast that they were sharing, this guy named Judas was the one that sold him out to his enemies. And the one he had singled out as as kind of the the, the leader of the disciples, the the one on whom he said he was going to build his community, the church, Peter, was going to deny him three times and disown him altogether. Do you think Jesus knew anything about what it felt like to be betrayed? Do you think Jesus knows what it's like to invest yourself in a relationship only to have those who are supposed to love you the most treat you the worst? Do you think Jesus understands what it's like to train and develop people to help you in your work only to have them turn on you and make you the problem? Do you think Jesus knows what it's like to be betrayed and heartbroken by the experience of life in this world? You see, when Jesus chose to enter this world and to become fully human, he opened himself to the very pain and the suffering that we all experience as being a part of the human family in this world. Yet the Bible tells us that because he has suffered in the same way that we too suffer, and because he ultimately gave his whole life on the cross, we can have hope. Because a relationship with him allows us to understand that he's not a distant judge who sits up in heaven criticizing us for every little mistake that we make, but he's with us in the very midst of our darkness and our painful circumstances in life. He's our high priest. He's our bridge to God. He's our ever-present help in times of trouble. One of our key verses for this series is going to be Hebrews 4, 14 to 16, where Hebrews tells us, Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way just as we are yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. 
Now, in the Old Testament, this uh, role of the high priest was a, was a part of the, the temple ritual system where he became the main representative between the people and God. And, and he alone, the high priest alone, was the only person that was allowed to once a year enter into the holy of holies in the temple, which was the place where the presence of God reside, resided, and to offer the annual sacrifice for the atonement of the sins of the people. And yet now what we begin to see is that Hebrews is telling us is that because what Jesus has accomplished through giving his life on the cross and because God has raised him to new life again, rather than standing between the people and God, Jesus has now become the bridge to bring us to God. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. See, it's not just that Jesus participated in this life. It's not just that he was tempted like we are. It's that he knows what it feels like to go through those experiences in life. He empathizes with you and with me with everything we experience and feel. He was tempted to sin in the same way that we are. This idea of weaknesses here is essentially related to our propensity to doubt God in the midst of trying circumstances. See, when, we're suff when we suffer, we're tempted to turn our back on God's will or to mistrust that God is present or to not believe that God cares because how could a loving God allow something like this to happen in my life or in my world? And so we are tempted to unbelief that, that somehow the God who created us and the God of the Bible isn't who he says he is. And so we begin to take control of our own lives and seek our own happiness through other means. If you read the larger story of Hebrews, the author tells us that that's what happened with the Israelites in the desert, right? God rescued them from slavery in Egypt, and he took them on a journey through the desert to lead them to the promised land. But when it came time for them to go into the land, they were afraid, and they thought the land was full of all these dangers and threats. And so they balked, and they didn't believe that God had the power or the will to keep them safe in the midst of life's challenges. They committed the sin of unbelief, and as a result, they ended up wandering in the desert for 40 years until God could bring them back to that same place again in their life where he said, this land that I have promised you is ready for you if you're willing to trust me and simply enter in. As fully human, Jesus felt the full force of the same temptation that you and I experience day in and day out to distrust God in our lives. However, also being fully God, he did not fall into sin. He weathered the storm, and he followed God's plan so that now he, through mercy and grace, can invite us to follow the path that he has laid for us. Because he can empathize with our weaknesses, our high priest has made our approach to God possible by his first coming and approaching us. Rather than being removed from your experience of life or my experience of life, this all-powerful, now exalted Son of God who reigns in heaven, the name above all names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue confess, is intimately concerned with the details of your life. And he wants to help you and he care for you and wash your feet just like he did his first disciples' feet as a loving servant, not as a righteous judge. 
in this sense, any sin that we commit could be said to be a temptation of unbelief, isn't it really? I mean, it, any sin that we commit is simply kind of a falling short of God's ideal. It's a not trusting that what God has said in his word is true and that maybe there's another way and every choice that we make that takes us off track with what God's ideal for our life is, is simply a, a choice to not believe God and to, to believe something else, to believe a lie that somehow there's another way that we can find our health and our wholeness and our happiness in this world. But each of those choices takes us further away from a relationship with God rather than bringing us into relationship with the God who can heal us and help us like no other can. See, our high priest understands how hard it is for us to resist this kind of temptation in our lives. But see, the good news is that he doesn't stand aloof but understands and cares for us in those weaknesses because he too has experienced those weaknesses in his own life. He can help us to stay connected and stay committed in our faith, even in the midst of our own challenging experiences. As we enter into the Easter season today, I just wonder about you and me this morning and in the weeks ahead. Where have you felt betrayed by life? Who has betrayed you and let you down? Who are the people that were supposed to love you the most and treated you the worst? How might Jesus be inviting you in this Easter season to see in a fresh and a new way that there is help and there is hope from the one who knows what it's like to be betrayed and let down by those you put your trust and your faith in? Rather than allowing our experiences of betrayal of life in this world to lead us away from trusting God and into the lies of the enemy and the things that don't work for our health and our wholeness, God may want to invite you again to grab on to Jesus and to hold firmly to the faith that you can have in him. See, trusting in this good news message of Jesus becomes the foundation of trusting in God's presence and his power in our life to make a difference like no one else can, to save you, to rescue you. And continuing in a commitment to following Jesus each day is is a commitment to trust that Jesus is who he said he was, that he will do what he promised to do, and, and that we too can stay connected to God by having Jesus as our bridge, as our high priest, as our mediator, who doesn't stand between us and God, but ushers us into the very throne room of heaven where we can receive mercy and grace from the sovereign of the universe. So how do we do this? Well, Hebrews tells us that because of what Jesus has accomplished, and because of this door that has been opened, we can approach the throne of grace with confidence. Or we can approach the throne of grace with boldness, with audacity, without fear, without shame. We can bring all of the brokenness and the messiness of our lives and we can come to the throne of God and we say, okay, God, I need your help. There's no one else who can solve this mess but you and I can trust you with it. And I know that you're not going to shame me, that you're not going to zap me, that you're not going to punish me but because Jesus took all that on the cross and now he's opened the door for me to come with all the messiness of my life and to receive mercy and to receive grace and to be set on a new path to experience God's wholeness in my life. Would you want a life like that? I know I would. I know that I need that mercy and that grace in my life. I mean, even as a pastor, it doesn't mean that that I never mess up and that I'm not tempted to sin in the same way. You and I all experience the, the challenges of life in this world. Life is hard. Life is difficult. 
And when it gets hard, I'm as tempted as the next person to, to want to somehow not believe that God has my back, that, that somehow there's some other choices I can make that are going to bring me happiness or wholeness. And I, and I always end up feeling disappointed and let down by myself. But Jesus' care and compassion is what draws us back to the intimacy with God and is what makes that intimacy possible. Under the old covenant, the only person allowed to enter the presence of God was that high priest. But under the new covenant in Jesus' blood that he demonstrates at the communion table by his broken bread and his poured out blood, it reminds us that because of his sacrifice, we are able to enter into the holy of holies without fear and with boldness and even in our messiness. We can pursue a relationship with God with unabashed openness since God alone is the true source of mercy and grace in our lives. This Easter season, as we journey with Jesus to the cross again, and as we remember Jesus' sacrifice for us and celebrate his resurrection, I want to invite us to also prepare our hearts and our minds to remember that even when life leaves us feeling lost and hurt, confused and betrayed, abandoned, unjustly treated and broken. There is a beacon in the midst of the storm. There's a light to lead the way. There's hope that we can hang on to. The question is in the middle of life's challenges for you and for me, will we run to the light or will we run away from the light? Will our circumstances drive us to Jesus or lead us away from him? In this series, we'll be encouraged to remember that God promises, just like he did for Jesus, that he will redeem our suffering. He will overcome our fears. He will heal our broken lives, and he will bring life out of death. Even in the midst of the darkest places of our lives, we can look to Jesus and understand that he is our hope rising. Would you pray with me? God, as we enter this Easter season, we ask that you would give us the courage and the strength to open our hearts in a fresh and a new way to Jesus. Help us to see how his love and his sacrifice isn't about our punishment and our criticism, but it's about an invitation into new relationship with you, where through his presence and his power, we can find healing and wholeness in our lives. And we will thank you and praise you through Jesus Christ, our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. Jesus is coming.